0: Welcome to this edition of the Tom Green Podcast. Figured I'd try something a little bit different here with uh, Twitter Spaces. And uh, uh, we, have, we have a guest with us. Uh, I, I had invited him before to uh, Lion Seahawks, and I had grabbed another guest there at uh, Cam Derby from KAZI. But uh, Eric Yang is with us. Uh, Eric, uh, welcome to the show, and uh, glad to have you on, and welcome to my uh, first Twitter Spaces.
1: Oh, uh, thank, thank you for inviting me. This is also my first podcast and my first Twitter Spaces,
0: so I'm excited to uh, get this going. And uh, yeah, definitely. In fact, I in fact I'm kind of having to mute my own microphone there on the uh, on the phone so we don't get an echo effect on my uh, other show but uh this all is always good always right. good so um
1: i'm getting yeah. an echo so how do i do that
0: <laughs> no it's on my end so uh no so. Oh, it's on my end too huh interesting so uh, must be a zoom thing so uh yeah. nonetheless um glad to have you on the show talking a little michigan and washington for the national championship preview uh but first uh first things first uh Tell me about yourself, the sports training career and whatnot, and uh, how things uh, came to be for you, I guess, uh, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so uh, the story is, uh, I never told this to anybody, but uh, I'm a huge Mariners fan as well as a Seahawks fan, Husky fan, Seattle sports. And I used to post on this scout.com message board back in the day, and uh, there was a publisher by the name of... Uh, Jason Churchill. I'm not okay. sure if you recognize the name.
0: Can't say I've heard of him, but uh, but continue.
1: Anyways, well, uh, there was a time where he said that he gave one of us a chance to write an article, best you could, and he chose the best one to post. And what happened was, I got chosen. But it was a total mess. It was a one big, long paragraph. Right. But, but he enjoyed what I wrote, apparently. And he edited and posted it up as my first story. Alrighty. And then he also, I guess, after that, decided to take me under his wing a little bit. You know, right. this guy has also, you know, later on, after... After he posted that scout, he went, okay, this weird echo, but sorry. No, it was... But anyways, uh, <laughs> but he uh, went on to go to ESPN and CBS Sports and all that stuff. But he gave me six pieces of advice to help my writing out. Okay. I would never forget it. Sure. So he told me to watch The Boiler Room with Ben Affleck. I don't know if you watched the movie.
0: I have not, unfortunately.
1: Oh, you yeah, haven't? Well, apparently the, the short story about this is Ben Affleck is very intense in the movie, right? Right. He's really intense in his movie scenes. He's like, you got to put this into your right. You got to explain the Holy Trinity. And tell about that and tell as if so, basically, in paraphrasing. It's basically, in layman's terms, no one will believe in a car salesman if he's not sure of himself and right with conviction. And that was it. That turned the light bulb on for me. Sure. Yeah. And after that, Jason left and a couple of publishers came on I applied and said, oh, I, you know, give me a shot at doing this and They did. But unfortunately, what I ended my time I Scout because the publishers at the time just couldn't get content up, you know, at proper time. Oh, yeah. They were not right editors, and I just couldn't, you know, go on because the last time the guy kind of hacked away at my story, you know, editors, Right. right? So I guess the old saying is, Good editors polish, but don't hack away. And he was more of a hacker, so that kind of made me go away from the journalism industry at the time.
0: Sure, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely interesting, and um, that's definitely a good thing to uh, understand for those that are in the writing business and one way or right. the other. And that good um, polish, but don't hack away because um, right. A lot of times that the best the best work is uh, original work and not necessarily hacked work.
1: <laughs> right. And I do appreciate the opportunity they gave me. you know the first publisher, you know, not not Jason, but the publisher gave me an opportunity to go on radio and I was really, really shy at the time. You know I was in my 20s. I was fresh out of you know going to you know going to like my next four year school, right? Right think community College a start. and I give Jason Churchill all the credit in the world for giving me the pathway because I wasn't sure where I wanted to go, you know, sure. after doing the story and being able to get my first article published, I was able to say, you know, going to communications, right? It's kind of a journalism thing, but you have different ways of branching out right. And you know you kind of put me on the right path you know he didn't know at the time but you know it's where i ended up and now i do you know i have a marketing social media thing i help a friend out you know it's kind of i guess it's kind of where in a way this is where i'm supposed to be you know
0: yeah definitely and that's something that that's uh people kind of learn in life is that uh, you go where you're supposed to and you had, you need to be around people that uh, appreciate you. And uh, there right. was kind of a spot where you did not necessarily feel appreciated, and for good reason. I mean, you felt appreciated during the time, but once once the hacking started, I guess we'll call it, um, that was kind of a time where you didn't feel appreciated.
1: Well, right. And uh, I actually, after, you know, I also didn't appreciate not getting the stories up on time. Right. I wrote many hot news stories that just never made it to air, you know, and that was very yeah. frustrating.
0: Yeah, you know. definitely. And I've I've worked in some uh, small social media companies and stuff like that, and uh, I've had marginal success. And now I'm, of course, at a at a newspaper for Hearst, and I can't really talk too much about it. Uh, because of contractual obligations. Besides the fact that I love the job, <laughs> and I truly, <laughs> truly say that. In fact, I'm in. In fact, I'm in the office at my at my job right now doing this uh, show. So oh, uh, <laughs> that tells you that uh, indeed that's that is the case. But go where you're appreciated and supported, and that's kind of that's kind of the lesson I see through this uh, through this conversation to start.
1: Right, and I also I kind of after being a columnist here, I actually went out to help out at the end of my. Uh, two your school I went out to help their you know newspaper and uh, you know how it is in community college you got those editors who are starting to learn right yeah and I got half the way more <laughs> yeah. oh of course yeah and she was uh, actually my sister's friend
0: okay. yeah oh yeah. yeah so that makes it a little more personal
1: <laughs> that's right and she got more personal with me than anybody else so
0: Oh, you got to love that. Uh, no, and
1: She actually didn't know what the grin, grin iron was either. Being a college newspaper, you know, I ended up going to my friend's company and trying to help them out, you know, several of them for marketing and social media. But, you know, currently I'm helping out with a certain company, but I can't really mention them right now because they won't pay me. <laughs> yeah. You know? Fair enough. But, um, they, they, they do make custom wear and fan wear, but and they're licensed to schools. But the problem is they won't pay me, so I'm not going to you know, do anything for them at this time. <laughs> Does
0: going make sense. Gotcha. But, uh, you know, things happen the way they do, and uh, it's always good that uh, you've been able to have some time to come on the show and uh, looking forward oh, to yeah. the rest of this conversation and what we have to offer here. So um, I guess first things first, uh, tell me about these uh, Washington Huskies. I mean, uh, we the last time I saw them was, of course, uh, 2021. I was at the game, of course, in 2021. I actually talked with Q Fox's Alyssa Charleston for that uh, matchup, oh, wow. um, which was a fun time. And, uh, of course, Michigan got a big victory. But tell me how the Washington Huskies have fared um uh, Kind of inside the lines because we all know they're in the championship. But from that point, right. uh, tell me how they've, uh, tell me what they've done. I mean, we know about well, we know a little bit about DeBoer and uh, Michael Penix Jr.
1: Right. So him and DeBoer got hired in uh, two thousand twenty-two, and that's also when uh, Michael Penix transferred in from uh, University of Indiana, mm-hmm. and he came off of four seasons where he had an injury plague you know, years, Mm -hmm. and he was looking for an opportunity to come to a school to compete for a national title, obviously. Right. In our first season, we won about 10 or 11 games. Uh, He played really well. Uh, It was just that we couldn't play for the Pac-12 championship at the time because back then we had divisions, and Mm -hmm. UW was second place record-wise but we weren't first in the North. So we played played at the Alamo Bowl, which we beat Texas. And uh, there was a point in time where, you know, Jalen McMillan, uh, Romo Dunze, Phoenix himself, were considering going to the NFL. And uh, I guess the board convinced them to come back for another year to see if we could go any further. And uh, we fast forward to 2020-23, right? Yeah. And uh, first three games were, you know, as expected. You know, we faced Cal, we beat them, you know, 52 to 35 or something. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we faced a good team in Arizona, right? We didn't know they were good back then, but we only won 24 to 17. And people were starting to doubt us a little bit, you know. Right. And then we go face Oregon, right? Oregon has this bow and, you know, they also have that receiver. I'm trying to figure the name right now. Um,
0: not coming I, to me off the top of my head, but yes. <laughs> yeah, Troy Franklin. Okay, yeah, Troy yeah,
1: Franklin, yeah. and, yeah, and they're, you know, running backs. So. And they said, oh, we couldn't, you know, you're, you're favored by only free at home. You're not going to be able to beat Oregon, right? Because it's, it's the Oregon-Washington rivalry. Mm-hmm. And we end, end up being one of those crazy games where we score first, but they make make a stop, you know, on the goal line against us. We make a stop on fourth down against them, you know. Michael Penix, you know, after getting the stop, throws about 30, 40 yards down the field to Jalen Polk, right? Yep. And then after that, he throws to Romo uh, Dunze for the game, the eventual game winning touchdown. And then of course, you know, an Oregon kicker misses a field goal kick, you know. And, and that kind of holds, you know, University of Washington to, to a higher level seed, you know, higher ranking. Right. Right. And then throughout the season, we, we have these games that are very close, you know. For some reason or another, we, we had a close games. Like, for example, against Arizona State, right? We were yep. actually losing for most of the game. And then the, and this is one of the things that I guess the uh, story lines of the season where the defense, even though hasn't been perfect, steps up at the right time gets the stop we need to win the game. So against Arizona State, uh, Mitchell Mich- Powell makes that pick six interception against Arizona State and takes it in for a touchdown and uh, we win that game. and then against Stanford defense well it was really their fault but uh i don't know if you watched the game but uh there was a fourth down play stanford had fourth and one they've they, have, they had, uh what they what they did was they had a reverse going and the tight end would throw to the or running back would throw to a tight end you know we were totally tricked but the tight end dropped the pass so that Changed the way the game was that we eventually scored a touchdown and won by nine or 10 points. And then the uh, other notable game was the Apple Cup. I'm not sure, you know, anybody knows, but it was a tie game and, uh, it was, uh, fourth and one on our own, like 30 yard line. So Kaywin DeBoer brought out the punt unit and tried to, you know, draw him offside. He calls timeout, and then he puts Penix out there with uh, Dylan Johnson and Roman Dunze and the rest of the offense. So what happens is we've been running straight forward basically all game, you know, Dylan Johnson, sure. you know. So so what happens is Penix instead of heading to Dylan Johnson, he uh, fakes it to Johnson, you know, throws it behind him to Odunze. And he runs around the left corner for about 30, 40 yards for a first down. And that catapulted the Huskies to gain the field goal range and kick the game winning field goal with time running out. So that was also another, you know, <coughs> sorry, right, amazing game. And then we go to the Pac-12 championship. You know, Oregon's favored Oregon. by almost 10 points. You know, mm-hmm. nine and a half. Or so we're the underdogs again, right? So, so, was, so the start of the game was Pennix, you know, getting into field goal range and, you know, getting us started well. But we, they they played a good first half, you know, University of Washington, you know. Penix mm-hmm. threw for a couple touchdowns. We ran the ball with Dylan Johnson and uh, defense did pretty well. And, people knock the Huskies on their defense because we've given up a lot of yards, we've given up a lot of points in certain teams, but what most people don't realize is most of the defense hasn't played together all year. Guys like Asa Turner, you know, and others were injured. And so we haven't really played, you know, at a certain point together. And one of the knocks, against us was we don't stop to run you know against texas you know in the Super bowl we didn't do a very good job but it doesn't mean we're done we can't do it because against oregon we held uh there two running backs under 60 yards you know rushing and the only reason why oregon had over 100 yards was because Bell nicks on a pass play he circled out and rushed for 69 yards, Yeah, you know, setting up one <laughs> yeah. But we've been, we beat Oregon uh, 34 to 31, and that led to uh, Sugar Bowl, you know, play, playing us as the number two seed in the uh, college football playoffs.
0: Right.
1: So do, you, so do you want me to go through the, uh,
0: sugar bowl or uh go ahead yes because i uh mo- most people here out on the east coast went to bed probably at halftime because the sugar bowl uh-uh, runs right. so it's so excruciatingly late here on the east coast it's like you got to be kidding me it was near 1 a.m eastern it was about 1 a.m oh, eastern really? time when that got done which for you guys on the west coast is a typical pack 12 after dark game but yes
1: right. <laughs> so that's the complaint that you know most fans have on these is you don't get to see the Huskies because it's always practical after dark,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know? now we're moving to the big Ten next year. And I'm not sure how that's going to work, but, but let's go, oh, let's go through the game, you know, sure. All right. So we, we start off with, uh, you know, opening ceremonies, we, we, Texas gets the ball first. And what intrigued me about this matchup was we faced the same team in the Alamo bowl last year. Yeah. Yeah. You know? University Washington versus uh Texas and uh it was the same quarterback, uh Quinn Eber uh, I can't pronounce the last name but Quinn Ewers, uh, I believe. Yours, yeah And uh we won the game at twenty seven to twenty. I was actually in uh, you know, Washington was friends at the time, you know, But anyways, they, they started off uh, you know, running the ball and they were able to run it, but when we they tried to pass it, we were able to bat some stuff down. You know, that was kind of the you know game yeah. for me. You know, it was where defense was maybe not perfect, but was able to get some stops, you know. So then we, you know, then after that we uh, got the ball and uh Michael Penix, if no one has seen him play, you know, I know a lot of people on the East Coast haven't seen him play, you know, because we play on the West Coast. But this guy he, has one of the best arms in the game. One of the best quarterback prospects out there. Yeah, and no one's talking about. I mean, he should have won the Heisman two years in a row. I mean, he had more yards and touchdowns than Caleb Williams in the first year. And he had the most dynamic offense this year. So when you look at someone like Michael Penix, he can, not only in this game, not only can he throw along, long, you know, passes, but he can move in the pocket. He can, uh, he can also scramble. that's also something that, uh, he doesn't really do very often cause he's been, you know, in, has injuries in the past, but that was one of the keys to this game was when, when the pass rush of Texas, which is really, really good. Right. Right.
0: the
1: number one offensive line, you know, you know, he was able to move around the pocket and scramble. And that's one of the keys to keep the drives going was not to get behind the chain. So on the first drive, he was able to throw a pass, I believe to David Polk for 77 yards. And uh, that set up the first touchdown of the game for University of Washington for Dylan Johnson. And then of course mm-hmm. Texas scores and it's a back and forth game and uh, what's What's interesting about it is at times the defense, even though they kind of give up a bunch of yards here and there, there are some guys on the defensive line that haven't got many sacks, you know, people will talk about that on, you know, nationally, oh, you know, Raywin Trice or CTF or, you know, some of the guys in the interior, they haven't got many sacks this year. And part of the reason why is because we've had uh, a lot of injuries, you know, on the, on the back. Now that everyone's healthy, you know, you can you can see it in the Texas game, the Sugar Bowl, that uh, when the defense can cover in the back end, the pass rush can make an effect on the quarterback, batted down passes, you know, stack him in the backfield, you know. So, what? Ha- so I guess uh, we'll continue. So it's about so it's about halftime, and uh, we're. University of Washington gets their next touchdown. And I'm thinking about minute 37, that the defense can hold Texas to no points or a field goal. We've had, you know, University of Washington, would be would good, looking you know, heading into the second half, but unfortunately, Texas, uh, they get down the field, defense gives up another touchdown. So it's 21, 21. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then in the second half, it's basically the same thing where you know you go It's a back and forth game you know it's one of those it's going to come down to the wire i can already feel it gotcha yeah and at the end of the game washington kicks a field goal and then uh texas kicks a field goal right and then what happens is we were trying to run out the clock and this is a i guess i don't know if you heard about this but uh on the last running play of the game for University of Washington, uh, Dylan Johnson gets injured and the clock stops. And I guess the rule in college is if the clock has to stop, they don't run off, you know, run off time. It was The, the next snap, they wouldn't have a running clock, basically. So this right. the, the clock wouldn't stop or start until the next snap. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that something like that. Yeah
1: okay so uh after that uh, we punted and uh you know this is uh, i guess the story one of the season is the defense has to make a stop at the right time in order for the team to be victorious so the michigan drives down the field they make some sort of spectacular catches and uh it, it comes down to a third and uh five or something like that and uh with five seconds to go. And, uh, q Dove uh, blitzes, uh, of Powell off the left edge. And, uh, he, he almost, uh, gets, uh, Quinn Ewers and the ball goes, the ball gets thrown out of bounds with one second to go, you know, so nerve wracking, you know, for a lot of people. And, uh, so at the, and then the last play, they threw a fade to their best receiver. And, uh, Elijah Jackson swats it out of his hands and the game's over. Washington goes on and wins the Sugar Bowl and goes to the national and has the opportunity to play for the national championship. This is where we are right now.
0: Definitely, and that was a significant play because Texas's wide receiver had made a catch on that on the corner that you're talking about uh, earlier earlier in the game. So it was significance with that, not only to win the game, but to kind of show it to them, too, that, uh, hey, we can play a little defense, too.
1: Right. And I think that's going to be big going forward for the University of Washington. I mean, they have played good defense when, at times, like when they really need to. But the question, I guess, moving forward is can they, you know, do this more consistently, you know, we know about their right. offense, obviously. Everyone knows, at least for the most part, that Michael Penix and the the array of wide receiver weapons they have, you know, and the running backs can score. But what can the defense do, you know?
0: Yeah, and that was kinda of where I was kinda of going with Penix is that um not a lot of, not a lot of east coast fans know about pennix but uh, let me assure you that a lot of big 10 fans know about pennix and that was because then that was because of his time at indiana because uh, I, I still i still remember when indiana had all right i believe he i believe pennix was quarterback when indiana beat michigan in the 2020 season and uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where where he he put his name on the college football map there at indiana and he has extended it at Washington, and unfortunately, because of the uh, West Coast Pac-12 After Dark stuff, is why a lot of people haven't seen Penix, and it's kind of been, uh, you know, it has kind of been shadowed by that, and it's unfortunate because even though I do believe that Daniels is a great quarterback, I also have a contingent that perhaps Blake Corum could have won the Heisman too with the with the touchdowns. So uh, we both feel yeah. like we've kind of been. Uh, We've kind of been gypped of, of votes, I guess. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I mean, there is, I mean, Michigan is technically not on the East Coast, right? I mean, LSU was right. more on the East Coast. So I've, all, I've always, at least on teams on this side, we've always had that chip on our shoulder saying that there's an East Coast bias out there, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, unless, uh, you know, something extraordinary happens, you know, like, they'll always give it to East Coast guy, you know. That's yeah, the, uh,
0: and they tend to have a quarterback bias too. They'll go with the quarterbacks rather than somebody on uh, right. a running back or even. Uh, we can't forget Charles Woodson, the only defensive man to have won the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> oh, that's
1: right. That was back in uh, '90s, right? The Seattle Seahawks were always the underdogs for some reason. You know, have you noticed that?
0: Yeah, I mean it's because a lot. It's because a lot of that uh, people just have just. On, haven't been able to watch.
1: Yeah, and and what's honest is the Huskies have been underdogs for the last four or five games, including this upcoming national championship. You know, mm-hmm. and Penix, Penix himself has overcome the odds and challenges, the injuries, the you know transferring to University of Washington, right? Yeah. But see, Penix and the you know exemplifies what the Huskies are really about. You know the underdog mentality having that chip on his shoulder right so Mm -hmm. so when i think of michael pegs i think of someone who i watched on you know in the huskies this season i think of someone who i you know grew up knowing and loved watching on tv you know the character his character at least you know i'm talking about a guy like john cena for example
0: oh okay. always yeah
1: always yeah he always you know his character you know he always played up for the challenge, always the underdog. But I never—I always told he was never good enough, you know. And all and and there was always obstacles in the way, you know, fair or not. And he always was able to overcome and come out on top, you know. That's mm-hmm. what I'm, you know. That's that's the mentality there, you know. But that's that's the mentality this team has. We have a chip on our shoulder that no one, everyone—it's always been disrespect from day one, you know. We're always, you know, 10-point underdogs, 5-point underdogs, you know. And no one, you know, really believes in us. And that's what drives this team,
0: you know. And I definitely believe that because they were double-digit underdogs in the Pac-12 title game, and they won it. And now here they are, four-and-a-half-point underdogs in the national championship game, and uh, now having to prove it again. So um, as far as some of the numbers go, and we don't need to stat talk about all the time, but it seems as if Washington has the advantage in yards uh, over Michigan, but also keep in mind that... Michigan hasn't needed the extra yards because they have been right. up in most games in the fourth quarter, not having needed much in the fourth quarter. Now, that's now that's been different in the Ohio State game as well as uh, this, this Rose Bowl. Of course, they needed the yards in the fourth quarter, but if we're looking at it just from a stat-based point, keep in mind right. that Michigan hasn't needed the fourth quarter in 10 of the 13 games that they've played. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, so it's, it's kind of a style contrast, too. Like, your se- the Michigan season has been totally different from the Husky season. We've always needed to have the yards in the fourth quarter. We've always been in tight games, mm-hmm. whereas the Wolverines in, in Michigan, they've always been able to blow, their, blow out their opponents, you know,
0: mm-hmm. in
1: the fourth quarter. You have a good point on that. But also, what a difference, I guess, in, in style is Michigan, I don't think, in my opinion— has faced a wide receiver core as as good as the University of Washington. We're five deep. You know, you got Romo Dunze, you got Jalen McMillan, you have Jalen Polk, you have Jeremy Bernard. They also have a former uh, Michigan uh, commit, uh, Giles Jackson.
0: Yes, you I know? remember him returning, returning kicks. In fact, I still yeah. remember the 2021 game where. Jackson returned to kick and uh, he didn't make the 25 and he he was presented with a lot of cheers from the Michigan crowd that he didn't make the 25. I remember that.
1: Yeah, I remember that. But uh, that's going to be one of the most interesting, uh, (laughs) sorry, interesting uh, things, you know, about this, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like Michigan hasn't faced a quarterback in my opinion and my receiver core as good as this team has you know you're five deep you can beat they can We the huskies can beat you in many different ways you know you got the receivers and you also got dylan johnson too which is uh i don't know if you heard and, I, and if anyone hasn't heard this uh well dylan johnson has been cleared i mean they expect him to play against uh michigan for a national championship game uh Apparently, he injured his leg, but they said x-rays were negative. So, he'll play against, uh, yeah, he'll be in the national championship game. And uh, he's more than just a running back, I think. Sometimes uh, people just say, you know, he runs the ball, he finds this open spaces. But when you look at film, uh, Dylan Johnson is is definitely more than just a runner. So, there was a time in the Pac-12 championship where he, uh, there was a, uh, you know, what was known known as a bear, you know, I mean, Texas, I mean, sorry, Oregon ran a bear front, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, a bear front where it's five on five. Right. And then they blitzed a safety out of the backfield. So, Dylan Johnson is a great blocker because he was able to block that safety just long enough for Penix to throw a pass to mcmillan for like 60 70 yards mm-hmm. so that's big getting him back you know it's not just the you know running for dylan johnson you know because i know michigan likes to put pressure on the quarterback opposing quarterbacks you know was there pass rush with their blitzes and that's one thing to look look you know as term, in terms of uh Sorry, in terms of the you know the matchups and the current you know the sorry, can you still hear me?
0: Yep, you're good.
1: Okay, sorry, because unfortunately, the, sometimes the connection is not good. But anyways, is this one? It's an interesting cat and mouse game to watch. You know, for you know Washington going on offense against Michigan defense. You know, you can elaborate more on you know how they. I guess how they put you know their their scheme and what they might try to do to get panic out of the pocket. you know because he makes most of his he throws most of his passes in the pocket.
0: yeah, and Michigan really, really collapsed the pocket in the in the first half against Delyn Miller in Alabama. But Tommy Reese did make some make some key adjustments that helped Milro get into a bit of a rhythm. And the thing about right. this and the thing about this game is that if we look at stats between Johnson and Corum, take away the touchdowns and they are almost the same runner. Johnson has eleven hundred sixty-two yeah. yards on two hundred twenty-two carries quorum as 11-11 on 237 carries so you almost have the same running back when it comes to um, yardages if we take away the touchdowns but the the thing is how will the secondary fare against this receiving core because uh, if we look at stats there Michigan's top receiver only has 735 yards Odunze has twice that
1: (laughs) right but Michigan also is more of a run first team in general and then Huskies are more, in, in most games, they are, you know, pass-friendly. But, the, you know, they can run the ball when they want to. I mean, the past 12 mm-hmm. championship game, uh, I got the numbers here. But uh, in the Pac-12 championship game, uh, let's see, where to it go? I just had it here, yeah. Dylan Johnson ran for 152 yards and 28 carries, you know. And he also ran for 20, mm-hmm. you know. 20, 100 yards on 20 carries in Oregon's first game, I mean, against Oregon. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's, we, University of Washington does pass more, but it doesn't mean we can't have a certain balance, you know, if they're able to establish the run, which they weren't able to do versus Texas, you know.
0: Yep, and then having to resort to the pass. And, uh, right. and and honestly, that that's sort of a key to uh, what I see here in the championship is that Michigan, besides the muffed punt and that possession after the muffed punt for Alabama, they were able to really contain the run game. Millero got into a rhythm in the second half, and that's how Alabama was able to go up by uh, seven points there toward in the middle of the fourth quarter. But uh, that's going to be kind of that's going to kind of be the key to this game, in my opinion. Is that um, if Michigan, in my humble opinion, Michigan should be able to stop the run, but how can they? How can they fare against that passing game?
1: Yeah. So it dep- It really is a battle between the, uh, I guess, the best offensive line in college football versus probably the best defensive line in college football right so you have this you know battle going there but it's also for me personally you know i know you say that michigan can most likely stop the run but also for me it's can we at least get some yards on the ground i'm not saying we Mm -hmm. have to get 10 or 15 yards of play but we have to be able to at least show that we can run the be willingness to run the ball in order to set up play action pass, in
0: order to keep the defense honest, you know. Yeah, I and honestly, I will I will quote to you one of my uh, local coaches that I've worked with uh, at the day what I call the day job, with my sports writing job, right. and uh, he always says three yards a carry, three yards a carry, right. and if Washington can do that, that will drive me nuts as as a fan and and writer. But uh, it right. will it will also drive uh, Jesse Minner and. Jim Harbaugh nuts too. <laughs> right.
1: Because if you're able to, because what I'm thinking is I can think of a game similar to the, uh, this one, but in a different, you know, different league, you know, mm-hmm. I thinking of the time where, uh, the Seattle Seahawks had to play the Washington or uh, Washington commanders. Now mm-hmm. in the uh, 2005, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm an older guy. So I remember this 2005 game and, uh,
0: And I believe Spurrier was coaching for uh, the then-Redskins then.
1: Right. But uh, at the time, uh, Sean Alexander, one of the best running backs we've ever had, besides Marshawn Lynch, got concussion. And uh, they had to put Maurice Morris in. And and at the time, I was thinking, they have to at least run the ball a little bit in order to set up a pass. And that's similar with what the Huskies have to do against Michigan. They have to get Dylan Johnson and whoever to run the ball for at least, you know, some harder time because we all know that no matter how good your offensive line is, if you're passing the ball every single down, that's not a recipe for success at all, you know.
0: Right. Because when you're, when you're, the worst, uh, the worst situation really in football besides of course the third and longer than this is third and ten because it's like you waste right. you as a fan you feel like you wasted two downs on past plays that didn't work when there right. uh, there were other plans of course in the coaching staff but uh, you feel like you've wasted two downs and it's third and ten
1: <laughs> right exactly and you're know, behind the chains and percentage-wise there are teams that you know are successful at fur and long, but this is a national championship game, you know. Mm-hmm. This is the best versus the best. You cannot afford to be behind the chains, you know, in this right. kind of scenario. You know, if this, you know, you're playing one of those other schools that, you know, whatever, you know, but this is the biggest game biggest game of their life, you know. yep. You can't afford to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And when I Think of another, you know, thing about this game is when it comes to Michigan passing the ball. You, there's a guy, a cornerback we have, and he's called and he's uh, Jabbar Muhammad, I believe. Yeah, he is one of the best ones we have. I'm not sure if the Huskies are gonna schematically put him on the best receiver Michigan has. Just like, for example, right, just like if uh, Will Johnson, you know, one of the quarterbacks you have, one of the best ones you have, Mm -hmm. will be matched up against Romo Doomsday, you know, shadow, you know, when they shadow, you know, wherever he goes, you know. Mm -hmm. That's something to watch because I know with the University of Washington, they, they haven't had to do that that often, you know. But against Oregon in the uh, Pac-12 Championship Game, they did have Jafar Muhammad on Troy Franklin, and that kind of yeah.
0: set the. T- Everything yeah. okay? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You're good.
1: <laughs> so they they sh- I guess they kind of shadowed him on uh, Troy Franklin. So that'll be something you know, something to watch. I guess see if. Uh, the Dabo and the defense it will either put Javardah Habit on, you know, on your best receiver, or will they just use a zone defense or some some type of some type of thing schematically to limit the damage, you know, yards after the catch, you know, or
0: mm-hmm. you know. Gotcha. So, um, well, good deal. So, uh, definitely a good conversation here about. Uh, We've definitely learned a lot about these uh, Washington Huskies for those that are on the East Coast. So uh, now moving towards this game prediction, uh, how do you think uh, Monday night will go? Okay, so
1: I I guess I'm more, you know, as we all are, I'm pretty biased, but I know that uh, the Huskies can score. I also know Michigan can score too. So I'm thinking this game actually, because the Huskies won by – six points in the, in the Sugar Bowl. I'm thinking this game is going to be a lot closer than that. So my score prediction, if I had to make a score prediction, it would be, uh, you know, I would say Huskies 35, uh, Wolverines uh, 32. That would be my prediction. I believe it's going to be another close one score game. It's not going to be blow out by any stretch of imagination. These two teams are equally matched They have They have of good strengths and weaknesses and a lot of good matchups that it'll be
0: exciting to see. Absolutely. My prediction is that um, I think Michigan will, will come out and come out strong to start. And a lot of the determinant of this game will be in the first quarter. And my thought is, can Michigan make stops right away on this Washington team? If they can... I think Michigan wins by two scores or more. If they can't, then you're going to see a one-score game and maybe a Washington win of the national championship. It's going to really depend a lot on the start, setting the tone. I agree uh, with that. And if if Michigan, which I believe Michigan can, um, I'm going to say Michigan 37, Washington 24, because, yes, I do believe that Washington can and will score, but can they score at will against this Michigan defense? And uh, right. and, and if, if that happens, then I certainly hope to see a national championship for the first time since 1997. But um, that's the thing is if Washington can score at will on this defense, then you're, you will see the one-score game that, that you are predicting. But in my humble opinion, I think Michigan wins by two scores. But, uh, but, but you've given me a lot, and uh, I can, you know, if, if indeed your prediction happens, you heard it here.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you made a great point. You know, Washington has always started out quickly in big games, you know,
0: mm-hmm. against
1: Oregon, against Texas. We'll, we'll see if they can get off to a good start against Michigan. As well as their defense, you know, we'll see how their defense fares on their opening drive. You know, that would be key. You know, key. They made Texas punt, so in the Sugar Bowl. So, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll see uh, how it goes, and I hope for a great game. That's for sure.
0: And that that's kind of the thing is that we nobody um, well. As a Michigan fan, I would want to see it just for my own good. And as a Washington, let's be honest here, as a Washington fan, you would want to see it on the other end for your own good. Because, right, exactly. well, that's we, we would love that as a fan of our team. But as a fan of the game, we want to see one, uh, more of a one or two, you know, one-score game. Right.
1: You, you, as a fan of the game, you want to see the best national that you can get, you know. Mm-hmm. And you want to see the best game, you know you can get and and I'm really hoping that these two teams will come out and prepare and not have any you know trouble with any you know outside factors and you know I guess what they say is uh, close out all the noise and just play the game you know
0: exactly and uh that is definitely our hope. So uh, I've got a Michigan win by two scores. Eric's got a Michigan win by one, or I mean a Washington win by one score. A uh, little Freudian slip there, but uh, a Washington win by one score, of course. So, uh, well, a definite good conversation had, a lengthy one um, and, and a good one. So, uh, well, at this point, anything else that you may have to add to this Michigan-Washington uh, Michigan, Michigan, Washington, uh college football championship preview? Uh,
1: I don't think I have anything else to add besides my first ever, you know, watching Washington play for a national title. I was too young at the time to uh, watch him play in 1991, you know. I was born in in 85, so there's no real understanding, you know.
0: I wasn't born until 95, so.
1: (laughs) Oh, is that right?
0: That is correct.
1: I didn't, yeah, you know it's kind of, I, I, you know it's kind of you know, amazing that you get to this point And with next year's structure changing, you know, Huskies are going to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. They're they're having twelve team playoff, right? Yep. It's going to be much much harder, in my opinion, humble opinion, to get to the national title next year. You know.
0: That's true because of so the we, yeah because of all the humps that you have to get through the loops that you have to jump over.
1: Exactly. So hoping that University of Washington can take advantage of this because, like I always tell, you know, friends, family, you never know when you ever get back to this point ever again. You know, this could be, you know, once in a lifetime. And you have one chance. You got to take it, you know.
0: Exactly, exactly. We're both looking forward to a great game, that's for sure. And uh, as always, it's a good, definitely a good conversation, a lengthy one, and uh, some loops I had to jump through on my end, but I'm glad to get this conversation in. We hope you enjoyed this uh, national championship preview. Here he is Eric Yang, and this is the Tom Green Podcast.